I think for me, what I, again, these are just like little like tricks and tools that I use for myself is that when I feel that pang of what's just really jealousy, envy, I mean, it's, right. it's kind of that simple. I just go, well, what if it's just a reminder that it's possible for me too? Mm-hmm. Like, what if it's just a visual reminder that it's possible for me too? Because if there's either enough to go around for everybody or there's not, and you have to decide how you're going to live on this planet. We have a short amount of time here and it's either one of like, there is enough to go around or there's not. And we carry ourselves very differently depending on how we, which way we choose to see things. You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast that inspires girls and those that love them to grow in their knowledge, skills, and abilities while working towards becoming the most confident version of themselves. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, once corporate leaders and entrepreneurs turned confidence coaches who are obsessed with raising the next generation of female leaders. We're the founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. We're here to give them the tools to be resilient, problem solvers, and to simply be good people. Everything we wish we had access to at their age. We'll be sitting down with versatile guests to talk about things like how to manage expectations, bounce back from failure, even strategies to break up with a toxic relationship. We want this community to lift one another up. So starting right now, you get to practice reaching your hand back and bringing other girls along for the ride. Let's go. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the show. What's the lesson? Again, I am missing my co-host, Miss Jilly P, but that is A-OK because I am joined by literally someone I just had to know. Um, I found her through a friend's Instagram story, and she presented herself as a big teen advocate. So instantly I was interested. I went and I followed all the accounts, and then I slid into her DMs and I said, hi, um, I don't know why I have to know you, but I have to know you. And she responded gracefully that it sounded like a good idea to know one another. So please help me welcome to the show Sarah Hernholm. She runs a company called WIT, whatever it takes. Um, This is a teen and tween advocate company. You said something to Jill and I the first time we talked that absolutely blew our mind that we have really been ruminating on ever since was that entrepreneurship was the vehicle. Um, So we're going to get into what you do to advocate for that, advocate for teens and entrepreneurship in their own way. But welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and I'm glad that you slid into my DMs. (laughs) I mean, it's just so 2022. The 20s of us to do that. Um, There's never been a more appropriate time to just meet people in this way. And social media, what, is a double-edged sword, right? It's terrible on this side. It's awesome on this side. And we really try to utilize it for awesome as much as we can. And there's so many people doing incredible things for our teens that we would have never discovered had it not been for social media. And that relationship includes you. So will you tell me just an overview about WIT? What is WIT? What is whatever it takes? Okay, well, our elevator pitch would be that WIT is an organization that helps tweens and teens get access to entrepreneur education and entrepreneurial opportunities. And we do that through three different ways. We do that through offering college credit courses that focus on biz biz development, business development, and leadership development. And we do it also through providing a virtual community where you can connect with like-minded 
teens and tweens, and also different adult mentors, entrepreneurs, leaders. And the third kind of prong is through events. Like we do a camp, we do camp wit during the summer. We do hackathons, we do pitch events. We just did, uh, hosted a pitch event at South by Southwest EDU in Austin, Texas. And that's what we do. We, we provide access to entrepreneur education for young people. Um, it's been very clear to Jill and I since we've connected with you that your heart is on fire for this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's so cool to see the avenues in which you're helping teens and tweens discover what they're good at, what they could make a life out of. Um, what drew you to this? What was the spark that lit the fire for you to start doing this for, for teens and tweens? Well, so just for the listener, I mean, it's been a journey. I've been doing this work for over 10 years, but it started in the classroom. I used to be a school teacher. I was laid off four years in a row. And then that led to the creation of wit after that fourth layoff, where I was like, this is not, this is not a healthy relationship <laughs> I'm being rejected by my employer. And I'm really good at what I do. And it was just a budget cut situation. And so wit came kind of like out of the ashes of a dream that I had about, I used to work in TV and film and I left that career to be an educator. I really felt called to go into education and loved it. I mean, I loved my kids. I call them my kids. I love them. I I love the system of education. No, it's broken and it's disgusting how it's run. Amen. 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 (laughs) So that's like, you can, you can hold like you can hold two things at once. You can love the work and also not like the system within which you're doing the work. Uh, but then just that constant rejection and cutting of my of my employment, I just decided to create something of my own that I could control. I think a lot of it came down to I didn't want that feeling again. I didn't right. want that feeling of they somebody could just decide like that that I wasn't needed or wanted. And I was not okay with that feel. I was not okay with that. So wit came, came out of the experience of being laid off. And then the inner dialogue, you know, my conversation myself, I'm like, what do you want to do? Right. And, and just to be very, very, I was very like rigorously honest with myself on what it would look like to wake up tomorrow and be doing the, the my dream job. And then I went off and I created that. Now, am I, and I still ask myself that question and I have a new kind of dream job that I'm playing around with. So I think it's just really important to share that, like, just because I had that revelation back then and I started doing this work, doesn't mean that then I've been like, okay, yeah, now I'm less like good. Complacency. Yeah. No, things change. Dreams change. Passions change. Life changes. And I want to point that out. If you don't get anything else from this conversation, be brutally honest with yourself. Continue to ask yourself questions because that is when complacency sneaks in. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a big part of what you just said, Jill and I, both of our moms are teachers and have been teachers for 20 plus years. Um, And it was brutal growing up the child of a teacher because you take your work home. There's there's careers where you get to leave it at work and there's careers where you take it home. And people berate teachers because they, you know, get three months off during the summer. And it's like, you have no idea what those three months off look like. My mom spent probably two of those months planning for the next school year, buying supplies, putting things together. I mean, and not getting paid or acknowledged for the work that she was doing for kids over her career at all. And um, 
she's retiring this year and it's so bittersweet for her because obviously in the last couple of years, it's been hellacious to be a teacher. I don't want to sugarcoat that at all. I think it's been hell on earth for, yes, parents who have had to help facilitate online learning, but teachers having to really make that pivot and continue to make sure their kids are getting what they need out of the education system has just beat so many educators down. So I respect so much what you've been able to do just by asking yourself those tough questions. Mm -hmm. I do want to just acknowledge that that means that your mom's a great teacher because there's plenty of teachers that call it in. Oh, a hundred percent. So that's a big issue, right? Is that those of us that were really going like all in like heart and soul, like the whole, the whole thing. And then seeing other people just be able to just, they were just like calling it in. And then there's no raise for you if you choose to go above and beyond. There's no, there's not, no. Mm -mm. Yeah. It's a very, it's a really broken system. It is. And I think that's why Jill and I created what we've created in girls mentorship, because there's something lacking in the school system. There's a lot of things lacking in the school system, but in that speaking of entrepreneurship, it's cool to see something be born out of the ashes Mm -hmm. by thinking of doing something that's been done one way in a totally different way, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, I think teachers, my mom especially sees it as this career and the blinders are on and there wasn't another way to like, you know, bring her skill set to what she wanted to do. And it's like, you have put that on its head and totally spun it. You've done Mm -hmm. something completely different that by all intents and purposes is wildly successful. I mean, and I'm not talking about money, though money is a part of it. I'm talking about the opportunities that you've provided for kids and how cool that's been. Um, Not only, I mean, you're a three times TEDx speaker, Mm -hmm. you contribute to Forbes, but none of that matters because you help kids do that. And that's their, that's their pathway. So Bring me forward a little bit. So you were a teacher, you got rejected four times, which that totally feels like shit, I can imagine. (laughs) And you said, okay, we're going to do this a different way. So you Mm -hmm. created a business and you wanted to focus on entrepreneurship. How did you originally start that? So, okay, I want, I, I didn't know it was going to be entrepreneurship when I started it. So let's, I mean, it has to have been, I think 2019 is when we got our paper, like officially a nonprofit. So I've been probably working on it in 2018. No, 2008, 2008, 2009. I'm like, wait, that's not, it doesn't make sense. 2008, 2009. (laughs) So the question, I know exactly where I was and I've told this story. I know exactly where I was on my walk. I was walking in uh, this place called Mission Bay and I I live in San Diego. And I asked myself, if you could wake up tomorrow and do anything, what would you want to do? And it was the, the answer was to help kids be of service. And it was, that was just it. And what I, and that's, I share that because it wasn't like I had the whole idea of how I was going to do it yet. Right. That wasn't it. But the reason that that was so much on my heart and it wasn't, I wasn't surprised by that answer was because in my classroom, I was really big on what they were calling service learning back then. Okay. It's called service learning. It was called project-based learning. And my whole thing was, I really loved getting my kids involved in real world experiences where they could apply the knowledge that they were getting, that they were learning in school. So for example, we did a project for her after hurricane Katrina in new Orleans, we took on the task of 
restocking a library by doing book drives. And our young people in my class were kids were doing chores at home and like raising money for this, how much of the postage of what it was going to cost to mail these boxes of books. And they were applying all these skills that they were learning in class around uh, math, like measuring the box to figure out how much it was going to cost, weighing the box and like, then, you know, how much that would cost. And then writing the letters to people, like business letters to people to get them interested. And they got, we got the news out there. We got a couple of articles written about those kids. And what I noticed in all that, it, which is true for, I think all of us, I mean, I'll speak for myself, is that when I'm, when I am of service to others, I am the, one of the best versions of myself. I'll retweet that all day long. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm not, I don't like to think about myself so much because it's just, it's just not the healthiest choice for me. I do take care of myself. I do self-care. I mean, I prioritize myself, but what I mean is I don't like to be so self-focused. Right. I just like when I'm thinking about other people and, and helping other causes and just being in action and of purpose. And so I saw what happens to my young kids is that they were doing all that in the classroom and their confidence was increasing and they were connecting in different ways and uh, with each other as a result of that. And so that was my first year of teaching was when that happened. And then I was a teacher for, I think ultimately four or five years. And I really incorporated all those kind of projects throughout my teaching. And my name and my, the motto in my classroom was whatever it takes. It's something that I'd painted on some butcher paper and then it just became the motto in all my classrooms. And so when I thought about what I want to spend time doing, I realized I really lit up when I was doing that work with the kids. I love those parts of our classroom and that parts of our learning. And so I thought, oh yeah, I want to help kids do more of that. But the first iteration was a television show because I'm used to work in TV and film. And so I thought of this reality show concept of young people making a difference in their community. And I pitched it to ABC and they said, okay, we'll go get some footage of that because we don't really know if kids are going to make great television and that (laughs) the ratings, the ratings, they were concerned that there wasn't going to be enough drama, which would let me knew. I knew then that they had never worked out of school. (laughs) There's a lot of drama. There's plenty of drama. There really like recess and lunch, all that. And so I went to a school here in San Diego, a friend of mine opened up her classroom and I ran out the, I ran the concept. And it worked, but what also ended up happening was the school really benefited from the projects and the community benefited from the projects that we did, that other schools said, we want this program. And okay. it had, but it wasn't a program yet. It was this, it was a pilot. It was a pilot for like a show. And, you know, I, I think I just, I've been thinking about it a lot lately because I'm looking at doing some other moves in my career. And I think back on that decision that I made where I just decided to move full for, you know, full force into this program development. And then I created a nonprofit and then here we are 10 plus years later. And now it's about still that service learning component, but in the form of social entrepreneurship, this idea that you can have a business and make a difference. Right. So it's a natural iteration of the first concept, the first idea, uh, but I, I really did try to just follow the, the thread of, of staying true to myself and listening to my customer, which were young people. Oh, it gives me chills thinking that your classroom motto was whatever it takes. Yeah. I mean, I love that the signs for really what we're supposed to be doing are out there. You just have to really 
be in tune to seeing them because what you were supposed to do was in the palm of your hands the whole time. And that's freaking awesome. That's so cool. So entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship for teens. How have you seen that grow in the last 10 years, specifically over 2020? Did it explode for you to see kids doing things um, with the extra time that they had at home? Yes. So it's definitely changed over the years. And it was not a popular word back when I was doing it. And when we started using it, we had to say social entrepreneurship because people associated entrepreneurship with just like money hungry people. And so we put social in front of it. Now, obviously, like with Shark Tank and all these shows, I mean, people are more just like aware of entrepreneurship and it's, it's buzzy. It's a very like, and, and that's a whole other conversation we can have around how we see entrepreneurship versus how people that are trying to create the next app that's going to sell for, for billions of dollars. Like what we're doing with entrepreneurship is all different than that. But yeah, was there an uptick over COVID for sure? Because people were, were home, but it kind of is heartbreaking because what they were doing was they were trying to launch businesses that were going to deal with mental health and deal mm-hmm. with um, isolation. So of course there's tons of silver linings that came out of that time, but I think there was, it was, yeah, I mean, that's, that's how it's always been though in the history of time, right? Like when there has been really uh, what looks like devastating times, there has been great innovation during those times. And we just decided as an organization, and I would say, I say we, but I mean, it was definitely came from me where I was like, I don't even care what we're quote supposed to be doing. We are creating a virtual community for young people where they're going to feel loved, valued, and heard during this time. And we launched some really incredible programming during that time. And now we don't run that kind of programming anymore because it's just not needed in the same way. Right. I mean, we were running three hours a day of programming where you would move, create, connect were the themes. So you'd wake up and you'd move with a trainer. We'd bring in like celebrity trainers virtually and you could work out with them. You could do a variety of different, we did a variety of different kinds of movement that you would do, but you would move for 30 minutes a day at least. Okay. Because we knew that that helps with your mental health. Like I know that. So hundred percent do it. Then you could jump to a create session where we brought in different top chefs from like the show top chef and different artists. And you could dance with a Broadway star at home. You could cook with a top chef. You could like do all these different things. And then there was a section, uh, there was a time of the day called connect. And that's when we brought in different CEOs and leaders and entrepreneurs, and you could connect with them and they would answer questions and they were accessible to you in a way that they've never been before because they were, everybody was home. They were home as well. (laughs) Yeah. But it was three hours of, of live programming a day, five days a week for months. It was a lot. Yeah. That's incredible. It's a, it's a a memory. It's a good, a good memory for all of us. How many kids were you seeing show up? I think it ranged, you know, like sometimes you'd get two and sometimes you'd get 50, you know, I mean, it was really just like, but we ran it, we ran it and we regardless. Yeah. We motivated them. We incentivized them with, we would have these bingo cards that they could submit and they would show if they attended these things and then they would be in the raffle for a hundred dollars or $200 or Amazon gift cards because we knew we needed to incentivize them because it was a very, I mean, we all are going to decide how we're going to remember that time, right? Right. Everyone's going to have their own way of of handling that. 
It was very, very challenging for young people. And there were kids that we worked with whose parents didn't even feel comfortable having the windows open in their house. Right. And I would mail him letters. So he would have like some type of like connection to me and his mom would wipe them all down and they'd be wet by the time he would get them because she was so nervous about COVID coming through the windows or doing that. And he wasn't able to go out. So he wasn't allowed to go outside for months. So we had that child. And then we Mm -hmm. had the child who was allowed to do all of those things like go outside and do all that, but is it as a natural extrovert and was not feeling connection to anybody and feeling very depressed. And then we had the kid who was like, this was the best time of their life because they're a total introvert and they were like so happy they didn't have to go to school. (laughs) Right. It was like, we had this range of, of young people. And so we knew we just had to meet them in the different ways. And our thing was just, we are going to be a place for you to come and just bring, we're going to try to bring like one spark of joy for you every day. I mean, we had one time we had a goat, like call in from like, <laughs> a farm that we were at, like that, that, you know, like, and so when the kids logged in, there was just like this like face of like an animal and brought, it made them laugh. You know, we hosted a book club where we read books like the little prince, because those books have really brought me comfort during hard times. The alchemist, we like did these like very like self-helpy things, but with a lot of play. I mean, I'm just sitting on the other side of the screen beaming because it brings me so much joy to know that there were other people out in this time looking out for the best interest of our kids because I think you and I obviously both know that the repercussions of what happened over quarantine for our kids are going to last for Mm -hmm. years to come. So it's, it's just so awesome to hear how much you poured into making sure that those kids felt like they had somebody to connect to. Mm-hmm. Um, and in talking about connection, you're talking about bringing in these high-level CEOs, top chefs, celebrity trainers. Obviously, connection has been important to you in your career mm-hmm. over X mm-hmm. amount of years. Will you talk a little bit about why and how that's served you? I think something that I do well is I... I run the marathon, not the sprint when it comes to building connections and relationships. And I know what it feels like to be on the, on the side of knowing that it's a, I'm getting into a very transactional conversation and somebody just wants something for me. I can tell you from me, it happens at least once a week with people just reaching out to me solely because they want me to write about them in Forbes. And then if I don't write about them, (laughs) then, then I get like some like really like like a message of like, well, then you're missing out because this is like one of the best stories. And I'm like, okay, like whatever. I mean, okay. Snarky. (laughs) Like it takes time to write those articles. And sometimes I don't have the time or I'm not willing to make the time because I'm working on my own stuff. Right. So I don't mind people reaching out, but I know what it feels like when someone just wants to get something from you. And I've learned these lessons from doing it the other way listener. So it's not like I (laughs) knew this is that I also know that if you focus more on the give versus the get, it is better in the long run. It does not mean that you're supposed to just do everything, 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 everything for somebody and hope that they like you and hope that they help you. But it's like, where can you bring value to somebody? And then maybe in exchange, they can also bring you value. Like, where is the win-win? And I, I take the time. I mean, I just... I mean, recently, I, not recently, maybe it was like a few months ago, I was at a big event and I did my research on who was going to potentially be there. And I listened to the podcasts of some of the people I knew were going to be there. 
And I went on the Instagrams and I kind of checked things and I went on some LinkedIn's and I checked things and I had like a little data point for each person I thought might be there. And so when I came there and went to this event, which was in some ways to celebrate the work that we're doing at WIT, but it also is putting me in the room with people that I would normally have a chance to be in the room with. Right. I, my focus was on making an impression and making a positive impression. It wasn't on, I want to get, 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 and maybe in some ways I should be more blunt with our, with asking for what we need at WIT. And I'm working on that a little bit more, but I just think that then I've done that pretty well over the past like decade plus of my life. And so when it came time to reach out and ask for help and donations of time for that thing that we were doing for the kids, I knew how to ask for that. And I knew how to make it easy to say yes, like 30 minutes, you log in here, it's going to be 10 minutes of questions. And if you could just like make something with us, like the simplest recipe. And also what was interesting too, was at that time, adults were also longing for connection and purpose. So it really was like letting them know, like, trust me, you're going to feel really good after this. So it was a win-win for everyone. Yeah. Because, well, I think I attract like-minded people. And so what I created for those kids was just as necessary for them as it was for me. Right. I needed to wake up during that time and have purpose and have a reason to wake up. And a re- I've always needed that. And so I had to create it and then trust that maybe that would be something that was needed. And also maybe other adults would want that too. And I have wonderful emails from adults that said like, God, that I, have, I have an adult that, I mean, there are numerous adults that stayed on that call with me and cried. I can't imagine. So, I'm a ball of emotion. I would yeah. be in tears. <laughs> and they were like, oh my God, I just needed that. Like, it was so amazing to connect with them. Thank you so much. It's like the highlight of my day. So we really, I think long way to say, I think I'm good at really trying to find win-wins for people. And sometimes I, sometimes I, I hit it. Sometimes it's a hit. Sometimes it's not, but I do try for that. That's one of Jill and I's biggest core values. We call it pickling. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to the breakfast restaurant snooze. Yes. Um, Their waiters and waitresses get like five free pancakes that they can give to customers that have made their day throughout their shift. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. And we've gotten several free pancakes because it's our intention. I think it's because we worked retail for so long. Mm. Jill worked retail for 10 years. I was in, you know, the bar and restaurant industry as well as retail. And it's like, you always remember that customer that pissed you off. And I wanted to flip the script and I wanted to be the one person that people remembered because I said a joke or I made them happy or whatever it was. So I was always very flamboyant at the cash registers. I would, I was always ready with a joke because I wanted that person to go home and tell their spouse or their daughter or whomever it was that instead of the one person who ma- like ruined their day, it was the one person who made their day. So when we started going to snooze, we started using their restaurant for our workspace for a long time. Um, we noticed we kept getting pickled just by the way we would show up. So we really took that into our day to like Mm. whomever we cross paths with. I don't care who it is. Is is it the the homeless man on the corner? Is it the barista at Starbucks? How can we make that person's day? Because it could be very easy to switch positions and be in that person's position. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just stuck with us. That's been a really big core value of how I think we've been able to build networks and, and our community through girls mentorship. And it just, you're right. When you give, you get, and you don't have to get something back in return because what you give is the gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes I just want to share with people, I'm not a Pollyanna person. So I want to be very clear that 
it is sometimes very hard because I will have moments when I feel like, oh my gosh, but I'm like giving so much and I'm trying so hard and I feel like I'm not getting anything in return. And if you're like me, that means you'll have that feeling. And then how I address that feeling inside of me is I always remind myself that I need to get pure in my intention. And if I mm-hmm. wanted something, then I should have been clearer about what I wanted. Right. Because then I'm left in the assumption of, well, because I didn't get exactly what I wanted, the outcome that I wanted, they must not like me. I must not be good enough. I must Ooh. Not be <laughs> but I preach. But I never specifically asked for that thing. Right. And so I just want to share that I'm not somebody who, because I think there are people and I know them that just naturally walk in the world with like, just almost like a blissful, like way about them where they're like, (laughs) give, 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 and like, love, love, love. And I definitely have that in me, but I also have in me sometimes that sneaky feeling of, well, now wait a second. I feel like I'm, I'm not, the, the score is not fair. Right. I'm doing so much. And I'm like, and it is such a good reminder when I'm in those moments to go back to like, then where am I being, where am I not clear on my intentions of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it? Because that wasn't a pure gesture of a give. It's been really helpful to have Jill as a business partner because on the Enneagram, she's a two. So she's a yes woman, no boundaries. She'll show up for anybody. And I'm an eight. So I'm fairly direct. I don't mince my words a lot of the time, which can make people feel like I'm too direct or like I'm being an ass Mm -hmm. or something like that. So having her energy to balance mine and mine to balance hers has been really nice because I'm, I'm an eight and I'm a words of affirmation person. So if I'm giving, 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 and I don't feel like people are giving me what I need to feel filled up on the back end, I feel the same way. It's Mm -hmm. like, oop. Well, what did I miss asking for? Because people can't read my mind. And it's it's a good reminder for me to check myself and my expectations. It's like the biggest. (laughs) It is. Because you just said, right? We go down this rabbit hole of where am I not enough? What did I do wrong? How do I need to change my personality? And it's like, whoa, nope, you're good. You're cool. Your personality is fine. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to just have have the self-awareness to check Mm -hmm. yourself. For sure. Yeah. And that's that's a big thing we teach, which I'm sure it is for you as well within this entrepreneurship, which just touching on what you said about that being a buzzword, I was having a conversation with a girlfriend earlier today around how it just looks so glitz and glam and it's just this falsehood of private jets and showy cash and cars and it makes people want to jump right into entrepreneurship when they don't realize that man it's a grind it is hard and you have to really 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 want it Mm -hmm. on the days where you want to quit Mm -hmm. for sure for sure and it's okay that it is i mean like i have a very good life with being able to have a lot of freedom in where i do my work and being able to travel and it wasn't always like this you know this has been a lot of Sacri- I'm not sacrificing the right word, but prioritizing. Uh, yeah. It's dedication. Yeah. And persistence. But I think that that's just because social media is so accessible that we're able to like do so much comparing so quickly. Yeah. Or we follow somebody who we admire and we're like, oh my God, how did she get there? Or I want that. Or I think for me, what I, again, these are just like little like tricks and tools that I use for myself is that when I feel that pang of what's just really jealousy, envy. I mean, it's, right. it's kind of that simple. I just go, well, what if it's just a reminder that it's possible for me too? Mm-hmm. Like, what if it's just a visual reminder that it's possible for me too? Because 
if there's either enough to go around for everybody or there's not, and you have to decide how you're going to live on this planet. We have a short amount of time here and it's either one of like, there is enough to go around or there's not. And we carry ourselves very differently depending on how we, which way we choose to see things. On the perspective we carry, I mm-hmm. couldn't agree more. I think sharpening my self-awareness has been one of my greatest level ups in being mm-hmm. able to ask myself those questions or stop myself before continuing to go down that rabbit mm-hmm. hole. And realistically, that's the foundation of our whole program. Self-awareness leads to self-confidence, leads to self-esteem, leads to doing whatever you want to do. So it's a major focus for us in what we're teaching our girls. So thank you for pointing that out. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to today. You said you have the opportunity to help kids with credits, college credits. Mm -hmm. I see you helping kids get in Forbes. I see you hosting stuff at South by Southwest educational conferences. Um, Let's talk about the credits first, the college credits. So you have um, a connection with, is it San Diego State University? The uh, no, it's UCSD. The oh, okay, okay, (laughs) San Diego, uh, which is out here in California, University UCSD. We Mm -hmm. work with UCSD Extension, a wonderful team there. Uh, There's a guy named Ed that I met years and years and years ago who's put up with me for a while now. (laughs) uh, The credits came again. I think this, I just want to share this with the listener is that like, the thing that I, I, another thing that I think I do well, and we can talk about all the things I don't do well. So that's not like I'm sitting here. Like I know <laughs> but I, it's good to know what you do well, and it's good to be able to articulate what you do well. So mm-hmm. something that I do well is I do really listen to our customer. And to me, the customer is the teenager. And our customer had said, this was like, gosh, six plus years ago, we're doing so much with our businesses and with our work. I mean, there was one point, there was one chapter of what we're traveling around the country doing projects and pitching in Chicago, I mean, and taking small groups and like building homes. I mean, we were doing a lot of different kinds of things over the years. And the only way they could really log that work was what they would use community service hours at school. And that would be for their resume. Like I've done 10,000 community service hours because I'm, (laughs) And I thought, okay, well, is that good enough for you? Right. That's what I was asking them is, is that feel good? Or do you, I feel like you're doing more than that. Yeah. And like we do too. I'm like, I wonder what else is out there. And I used to host, gosh, so funny. I have not thought about this in so long. So people, (laughs) people, you should do this. So when I was starting out, I mean, I felt really alone. I don't feel as alone anymore, or I shouldn't say that's not the right word. Lonely. When I was first starting, I felt lonely. Right. I don't feel as lonely anymore. I am alone a lot, but I don't feel as lonely as I did in the beginning of my journey. But because I felt lonely, I took action. I'm a very, I'm very action-oriented person. If I feel something, I do something, I do something about it. If I see something, I do something about it. And so I started hosting this group of people in my in my home at the time where they were all founders. And they were, we'd come together and we would just talk. And it was male and female founders or it was somebody who was or somebody who was like leaving their business to go like leaving a corporate job to go create something else. And we called it, um, Junto J U N T O. Okay. And you can look up where that's, where that originates from. It's a very cool origin story and it's kind of like a secret society and back in the day, and we would just meet and talk. And at one of those meetings, I was talking about this thing about like, I, I need to like validate what the kids are doing more and doing more. And somebody suggested, what about college credits or what about having a partnership mm. university? 
And then I went to the kids and I said, would that be interesting? And they said, yes. And then this person, his name's Trevor, uh, that was part of the group, had an intro, knew Ed. So he made an intro. And so I went into that meeting with Ed and I sat in his office and he basically, he basically was like, you're not leaving until I say yes. Are you? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, cause I'm very good at advocating for the teens. Am I yeah. as good as advocating for the, for myself? No. And I'm working on that. Cause I know I have it in me to advocate cause I've been doing it for the young people. Right. But, um, I mean, I can go 10 rounds. I mean, I it's, it's like, you can't even fa- I'm not even phased. I'm like, I'm just like, yeah, I'm here for the kids. So like I right. got all the time in the world. So that we came back, we got it. And it started out with like two units. Now you can get up to six. Now I've got like four different classes. So again, if you're starting your business or whatever, you know, whoever's listening to this, I would hope that you'd hear in that, that like, you can change directions in your business. You can offer one thing and then you can change your mind on it. You can do so many different things. If you listen to your customer, it makes sense. If you listen to your customer, you don't just want to change something because you just decided one day I want to change it. There should be a little <laughs> bit of like reason behind data. It. Yeah. yeah. So that so- was that. And now the cool thing is for us. And of course we love UCSD. What's really cool for us and validates what we do is that now kids are taking them even not for credit because they're so oh, good. That's so, awesome. So that was a good validation for us that they'll take it for credit. And then they'll usually take like one class for credit or two classes for credit. And then they might take the rest of them not for credit. And that just shows that they're not just there for the credit. They're actually there because they want to be part of it, which feels really good. That is incredible. Um, So what I'm also hearing in that is maybe you discovered masterminds. (laughs) Yeah, no. I'm trying to think like if that was even a buzzword. Who knows? No. I don't even know what was going on back then. That's got to have been... That ha- I mean, I, this has been going, on. I've been doing wit for over 10 years. Gary V was definitely around. I spent a lot of time listening to his stuff. And then eventually we, we got on a, a call that's, um, a public call, you know, where it was very cool. We got to, we got to connect and, oh, cool. um, but I listened to him a lot. I did a lot of research on like, I did a lot of reading. I think a lot of maybe like self-help business stuff. It's kind of fun when I, you romanticize it when you look back, when you look back, right. When I was in it, I was like, what What am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) I think those thoughts every day. (laughs) still like that. So it's not like it all just like goes away. No, no, it doesn't. Um, let's talk about Forbes. Okay. You are obviously published in Forbes several times over. Where does that connection come in to how you help kids get published in Forbes? Because what an awesome thing for them to get to experience because mm-hmm. Forbes is the upper echelon of what people want to read about, what people want to be published in, what people want to mm-hmm. be on the cover of 30 under 30, 40 under 40. Like what a cool accomplishment for these kids to have something published in that magazine. Yeah. So I, I think, I mean... I might get in trouble for saying this, but I think what's really important (laughs) is don't hate the player, like hate the game. Okay. And the thing is I'm working TV and film. So I know a lot (laughs) of how things work behind the scenes. I know a lot of how certain people get, you get people win the Oscars, how they did. Maybe that's changed since I was in it, but there was a lot of money behind the scenes and a lot of ad dollars going towards things. You kind of like, when you see behind a curtain, like in the Wizard of Oz, right? I mean, there's a little bit of like, oh, that's okay. how it's done. That's how it's done. And so that's what we need to do then. So if we're going to like move the needle here, then we got to get have an in there. And if we want to get this thing done and then we got to, we want the eyes on this, and we got to do that. My thing is 
I'm not saying the game has to be a like a bad thing. It's just right. that it's a game. Like it's a game. And even all that 30 under 30 and the 40 and 40, 40, we can talk about that offline. Like there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes on that, that people don't really know. Right. And, but what I did know and what I do know is how cool it felt for me, for my first, my first piece of press. And I've had a lot of press over the years. Some have meant more to me than others and for different reasons. But I know that when, when I was in ink or when I was in, oh my God, the, the story, the ink story. Oh my God. I <laughs> where I was like friends I was oh my god I haven't thought about this where I was like supposed to be like strongly featured in this article in ink I've been interviewed our students were involved in this thing the magazine comes I go inside my I mean I, I know exactly it was my other house I sat down opened it do you ever I mean friends I was like scanning it I was like I'm, it's not where I'm, are we I'm where are we weren't even featured Oh, it was. And there was, there were people, there was another teen, teen entrepreneurship organization that did not like us and had really tainted the waters a bit for us in a situation. Interestingly enough, they are no longer, they no longer exist. So, Hey, what's the lesson in that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to always fight the battles because they'll just like figure them out themselves, but talk about, I mean, I called my mom crying. I, remember, I can't so imagine. I have not thought about this. I called my mom and she was at a, she was at the theater seeing a show, like a play, and it was about to start, but she answered and I was like crying. Oh. And she's like, we'll call you at intermission, but it's okay. Like it's going to be okay. But I just like sat there and I was so devastated because I thought this is what happens y'all is that I thought, well, once I'm in ink, I'll feel like we're good enough. Once mm. I'm in Forbes, I'll feel like we've made it. And I can tell you with the privilege of being on the other side of that, that those things feel very good, but for moments. They, Fleeting. They don't, they, that's not contentment. That's joy and happiness and bursts of like fun. Right. But no one's going to care about it as much as you do. There's not. So you, yeah. you, and if you think the phone's going to ring off the hook right afterwards, mine's not. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if, you know, Oprah still was around and I was on Oprah, that might be, you know, cause that was always a dream too. It was like, one day I'll be on Oprah. Cause I'd watched that show a lot and some of her documentaries a lot and was really inspired by them. Her masterclass really helped me when I was launching my business. Um, I mean, was, she's got like a cruise. Maybe yeah, you oh could yeah. be a speaker on her oh cruise. God, There's so many other avenues to Oprah. That's true. I like that. I like thinking <laughs> that there's like possibilities. There's possibilities. Everybody. Yeah. Um, so I just had that feeling like if only these, this thing happened, then I would feel a certain way or my business would be validated. And I just, if anybody's thinking that that's not exactly how it works. Well, and it goes back to the, um, questioning your, your reasoning for wanting it. You know, it goes back to what's the outcome that I'm trying to get here. Am I being direct? Am I asking for that? And it's, it's not right. You want, if you want the accolades and the, um, people to notice you, then it might be the wrong reason to be, to want to be in Forbes. So but that's natural, everybody. It's natural and mm -hmm. normal to want those things and to desire yeah. those things and to imagine being on the cover of those things. Because for me, it was like, if I'm on, for me, it was, if I was in those things, it, it would mean that I would have made a certain level of impact or I would have been this mm -hmm. way or that way. Or because that's what I thought it meant for other people to be in there. Okay. So I think once I kind of learned what it all means behind the scenes, I was able to have a very different perspective on what 
it all correlates to, if that makes sense. I'm kind of speaking yeah. code a little bit, but no, it does. It's, it's like we, as people, I will all speak for myself. I had put a lot of, um, like I made a lot of assumptions and drawn some conclusions about what it all meant to be right. on that show and to be in that magazine and to be writing for Forbes and all of that. And I, I do everything that I do intentionally, but I, and I'm very clear on what it all looks like on the back end, which is a good place to be. So we can really just loop back to, I think, was it the prophet fat Joe who said, don't hate the player, hate the game. Was it, was it big pun? I think it was big pun. Maybe (laughs) I was trying to think about that. And I love, I mean, I don't know who does it, but it's true. I mean, it's just what it is. It's just, just no, but I, cause I just remember being in that space as an entrepreneur where I thought, oh my gosh, if I just have those things, I'll be happy. If I just get that amount, it'll be happy. I just remember I had a lot of when I get there and then yeah. there's no well, there. And I want to point that out is it's not just entrepreneurship, right? Like mm. you, you obviously know that it's, it's the accolades in school, in sports, um, compliments from parents, whatever it is, like that's not the end goal. We always our goals are not do goals. We call them who goals. Who are you becoming along the way to get that goal? Because those are the things that are going to remain characteristic wise in you that are going to benefit you beyond reaching the goal. Because reaching the goal is awesome, but you're right, it's fleeting. And if we're so excited and we hit that high and then it doesn't exactly meet our expectations, there's such a fallout on the back end of that. Brutal. It's like mm-hmm. friends. It can be, if you put that much into it, that's your, it's like, you're all the way up here for that. That's a long, right. long way to drop. Yeah. So as we round out this conversation, I don't want you to like pick favorites or anything, but I'd love for you to tell us just a little bit about a few of the kids you've seen really take this and run with it with their business. What was their business? What is their business? Are they still doing it? Like I want a couple of stories about the kids you've worked with. Okay. So the first one that comes to mind, and I want everyone to just understand that, yes, we, we, we teach entrepreneurship, but like we said in the beginning of this conversation, entrepreneurship is the vehicle with which we help young people develop emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence consists of things like social skills, self-awareness, empathy. And so we're just using the entrepreneurship as the vehicle to teach those things because and develop those things in, in a person because it's like just the perfect thing to use. Right. It just is. It's just what it is. So for me, I think the ones I, I love, love, love that I'm still in touch with many of my OGs and one girl in particular, Natasha. Uh, Nadia Tayebi, she was in WIT for a few years and she launched a different business. I think she had like a couple different businesses, but eventually landed on one that was around teaching art to seniors and homeless shelters and mm-hmm. helping them tell their stories through art and making them feel less alone. And then hosting, uh, I think she'd host like a version of like an auction to sell the work or if they wanted to keep it. Um, but it was, and I'm just, I'm wish I'm wishing I could think of the name because we love coming up with names at wit and it was very good, but I'll think of it. Maybe you think of it and DM me later. Yeah. And during her time in wit, she just really developed a greater sense of self-confidence and self-worth. And she went on, I had been asked to do my third TEDx talk and I said, okay, I'll do that. I mean, it was a little bit like I've done two, like, I don't know what the end game is. Am I going to like just 
like create this like resume of TEDx talk. I just, felt a little <laughs> bit like, I just didn't know what, what the purpose, I was a little bit like, okay. But I said, okay, yes, I'll do it only if you create a space for uh, a wit teen to do one too. Cool. And they said, okay, well, they're going to have to audition and, you know, do all that. I was like, great. Yeah, that's fine. Well, interestingly enough, they did audition and it was a tie between two girls. And I said to the organizers, I'm not breaking that tie. So we either have <laughs> two of them either do one together or we don't. I don't. And so they never allowed it, but uh, they let two, the two girls do a good talk together. Oh, and, that's incredible. Uh, and Natasha was one of those girls. And she also came with me to South by Southwest EDU years ago and spoke on a panel with me. And recently we were out for sushi before she headed off to New Zealand where she's starting a new job. And because now she's graduated from USC and she's off in the world. And for me, it's, I just feel like what an, it just, it's such an honor to me when a parent lets us work with their child, because Mm. you have the, you have so much, so much responsibility when you work with a young person, because you can make or break their spirit in a second. Literally and, one second. Yeah. yeah. And then they'll never forget, you know, the moment that Miss H said this and when Miss H said, yeah, said that. And have I made mistakes over the years? Absolutely. I do think that I, I have learned that making amends is important and mm-hmm. apologizing when I'm wrong is important. And I had to work through that. It was an interesting thing for me as an adult, because at some point, at one point I was like, uh, you're the kid, like deal with it. I had to deal with this shit when I was growing up. Right. And then I was like, oh wait, yeah, no, wait a minute. That's not how it works. You, yeah. you, you break the pattern, you create a different thing, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I think what she would say is that being in wit, yes, she developed this business and she, you know, was on a stage and she did all that, but she's got such a greater sense of self and mm-hmm. self love and value and confidence and ability to make certain types of decisions, long-term, short-term. And I, she's on top of mind because I saw her, you know, recently, and I was so excited to like give her a little farewell dinner. And then I, there's another kid, his name's Matt. And he had, he kind of like bounced around and went like he, I think he had like a couple different, like he had a, like a surf wax company at one point and all the, just, he kind of was figuring his, figuring out his way. He loved to film. So he did some stuff with film. Uh, but now like we play pickleball maybe once a month and he's working on a new business idea and he's running it by me. And that's really cool that I can help him with yeah. his, as an adult, that he's, he's an adult, he's running and he's creating a new business. And so those two teens just came to mind because I think I've really been cherishing the relationships that I've built over the years. And I, you know, eventually, and I don't, I don't have kids, uh, but I do know that you, that parents only have kids for about 17, 18 years. And then yeah. they make the choice that they're coming home for the holidays. Yeah. They make the choice if they're going to pick up the phone and they want to have dinner with you. You can try to make them do all those things, you know, when they're in the house, once they're out, it's a choice. And so for me, it's like, God, these kids like still choose to message me, still choose to reach out when they're home in San Diego or when I'm in New York, we, we meet up like, and that the parents still thank me and say that I changed their kid's life. Like right. I, that's just not lost on me. That's actually, I mean, yes, trust me. I love being in Forbes and love being in Inc and want to be on Oprah, but what, but I'm telling you, like, that makes me feel like I've, my time on earth has been worth, worthwhile. 
I mean, I can't think of a better way to end that show. <laughs> I mean, seriously, we feel the same way. It's it's incredible to get a text from a teen at 1230 at night struggling with anxiety at a party and asking for our help. Mm. It's incredible to get a phone call from a mom saying the same thing, like, thank you. Thank you for showing up or helping or, or helping change her perspective on this or what it's. I'll never, we're a year and a half into doing this and it feels like I dropped into my soul's purpose. Mm -hmm. Now, will that evolve? Absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to be here in 50 years mentoring teens. How do I evolve the business and evolve my piece in it to make it a greater impact? But those, that's why, to make the greater impact. And it's cool to hear that they do still choose you because you mm. made that impact on their life. And that you can lay your head on your pillow at night knowing that you made a, a difference. And I think that's what gets me up in the morning. And I, you hinted at that earlier that mm. you need the purpose to wake up and that's it for us. So I'm so glad that we connected with you. You've been such a bright light for us um, in just knowing that there's so much more we could do with our business based on what you've done with yours. So thank you. Thank you for just being a point of reference for us, somebody we were able to slide into your DMs and you answered and somebody who's just shown up continuously over the past couple of months for us. I love it. I think we're just getting started. I'm excited to see what we might do together. <laughs> oh. You heard it here first, fam. What are we going to do together? And I am all for it. Collaboration all day long. We're never going to be the company referenced in a podcast in the future that undercut somebody and made somebody miss um, a feature in a magazine because we were jealous. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> So, um, you guys, I will put all of Sarah's information in our show notes so you can find the website, Instagram. She has a podcast that she hosts teens on. Um, and until next time, you guys enjoy the rest of your day and we'll see you next time. We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. If you're looking for more, head over to girlsmentorship.com slash WTL for the show notes. And if you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one or all of the next three ways. One, by sharing this episode with a friend or on your social media. Two, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review and three, by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We share ideas, we ask questions. So if you're interested, we've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Facebook in the show notes. Until next time, you guys, remember, the more you know, the better you do. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship.